podcast. Doing good. Brush my tie. There we go. What's up, Hackstab Slash? Welcome back. You're joining these fucking three clowns on any kind of fucking social platform. You can hang out with us on fucking social platforms because I'm going to say fuck a million fucking times because I Whoa. don't know why I'm stuck on the word fuck, 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 fuck. Earmuffs, earmuffs. Earmuffs. This is not a PG 13 episode, but you can come hang out with us on YouTube, Apple Pod. You can hang out with us on Facebook, Twitter. X, that's what it's called now. I'm still fucking it up. It's been like a dozen episodes now, but I'm probably not going to stop. But you can also just, you know, chill with us on Instagram. The Gram. Uh, what's that other thing called, Justin? Threads? Yeah, I think so. I don't even know, understand yeah. the point, but there is Just, just follow us on some stuff, guys. Just, we'll just, follow just, you back. Just follow us. Sean's already dropped 19 F-bombs. Let's think about the kids. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, let's think about it. I was just getting it out of the way, guys. All right. All you know, right. The, the only way to give a proper high five is if someone gives one back. And, you know, that's what this episode is all about. High fives all around. Woo. Except for Justin. because Justin won't give high fives. He's I, I, hugs, high fives, anything right, that shows affection, he won't give. You, you a right. fist pump? You, you a fisting guy? That's not, dear God, what is wrong with you? You, today? you, you took that. <laughs> Did you just far. down your coffee? That's like, like what is even happening? Uh, I've, uh, I've had Sean, a wild took, morning, guys. That was not intentional by me. Hey, by get any your mind means. out of the gutter and pass the butter. All right. Oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, this, this is ridiculous. All right, hack step slash. If you're still here with us dealing with these shenanigans between fucking me, Waterboy, and some cat down there named Just Justin, uh, to continue on with new month november new movies to us new movies to you new movies that came out this year we're doing an amazon freaking original bro it's this movie called totally killer justin move your fat head out of the way and show that crowd that cover photo there we go let's go killer so gorgeous totally killer amazon original this movie is about 35 years after the shocking murders of three teens an infamous killer returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim. When 17-year-old Jamie comes face-to-face with the masked maniac, she accidentally time travels back to the year 1987. Forced to navigate unfamiliar culture, Jamie then teams up with her teenage mother to take down this psycho once and for all. Guys, what's your first reactions about this movie? I think Justin's so, taking a piece, so go ahead. Walk yeah. <laughs> he was down there for a while. Uh <laughs> He's out of breath. You lightheaded? Not gonna lie. Hold on. <laughs> oh, oh, boy, take it away first, man. All right, all right, all right. Um, so I going into this, um, watching the preview and stuff, it it did look pretty decent. I mean, the actress, um, Kiernan Shipka, I think it is. Um, first seeing her and um, well, uh, I'm not gonna correct uh, you because I can't say her name either. But she's it's, killer in Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina. So was first seen her in there. Um, my wife thinks she's super fucking annoying, but uh, um, I I I didn't mind her. It's her acting is okay. It's it's not amazing. It's could be a lot better. Could be a See, lot better. I, I think it evolves as the movie goes on. I think she played this very well. I think she played a very hateable character that evolves as the movie goes on. Yeah, I mean, Justin, uh, I, I Justin what spinning. Um. Yeah, um, I have some thoughts as we go through this movie. <laughs> Just gonna leave it at that. I, I hope yeah. that I, I, ho- I hope that you think the same thing I do about about this. 
I I have some thoughts as we go into this movie. I have some thoughts. So if you guys are thinking alike, I think I know what you guys are thinking alike. I think I know what you're thinking. But uh, Ghost Ghost is a far superior energy drink to any rock scout monster C4. Hands down, dude. Uh, just hands down. Just, just, just it's the it best. Let's just say, are we cutting a, commer- a commercial right here? Because whatever um, nootropic mix is in goes just, far superior nootropic mix than any other. If and sweet as fish, they really away. they nailed this flavor. Please oh try ghost. Yeah. It's one of the best flavors. Haven't had a bad one yet. It's got okay. all the good stuff without the bad stuff. Drink Let's ghost. go. No, I was just gonna say there's no outrageous claims that uh, super creatine or ultra CO- coq10. No bullshit claims like bangs. They have bangs may taste good, but they have nothing on ghosts. Please sponsor us. If anyone in that industry is listening, Justin just did that off the dome piece because I guarantee 100%. you he does not have a ghost in front of him because he did a turbo shot before the podcast. I do Sipping have a on ghost a screen bugs. Oh yeah, go- ghosts all around. I was oh not gosh. prepared, but exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, should we like get into this movie and actually like talk about Totally Killer? Let's totally. fucking dive right in head first, dude. Like to- it's an empty swimming pool. Totally. All right, here we go. Totally Killer, Halloween night, two thousand twenty-three. We dun, get some dun, narration. Dun. Want to hear a story? This play takes place here in Vernon, thirty-five years ago, where three girls are murdered, all sixteen, and they were stabbed sixteen times. And the killer wore all black with a mask, and he is very famous in Vernon. And people dress up with him, dress up like him every single Halloween. And we see a Sweet Sixteen tour, where this guy named Chris, who runs a podcast about the Sweet Sixteen killer, and he's taking a tour with five people actually dressed up as the Sweet Sixteen killer. And then we meet Jamie, our lead character here, main character, and she's getting ready for a concert. Her parents do not want her to go. They are freaking out. You cannot, like, you got to stay home. You got to be safe. But uh, her dad ends up driving her where they pick up her friend Amelia. That leaves Jamie's mom home alone to hand out candy, where right away, all of a sudden, we see a trick-or-treater, another person. We see a sweet 16 mask comes to the door. She opens the door. Oh, trick-or-treating all alone, are you? This dude breaks right in, and we got an awesome fight scene right now. This is a hell of a fight. You can clearly see this mom took some Krav Maga or something because she battles. She's getting thrown over tables. She is kicking this guy. She's got hidden apartments for guns and weapons. Slaps like the the thing on the wall, dude, and the bookshelf and the fucking handgun falls out. Oh, Yeah, she has been. Jamie Lee fucking Curtis. Yeah, exactly. She even makes a reference saying how she's been, like, waiting for this day, like, every single day since, like, high school. So she is absolutely ready for this and she puts up a hell of a fight unfortunately she is eventually brutally stabbed to death the guy just overpowers her and she is brutally stabbed to death and then we get the the credits totally killer let's go so we have the sweet 16 podcast is streaming live outside the house right away we got the cops at school we got people getting questioned uh i actually did say, write a small note because they have the gym teacher i had to write this because this is too funny the uh, the gym teacher's like oh i'm going to talk about um self-defense and did you guys see how it did? he like moves his hand avoid, out of the way like you're gonna block avoid the knife and keep your life. your life <laughs> like i just love that line like as you're just gonna brush oh, away the God. knife and keep your life so ridiculous scene which takes us to billy's boardwalk now this is a long abandoned first stop on the murder tour they say 
And they have the high school science fairs going on there, where we see her best friend Amelia is building a time machine based on her mom's old ideas. And the date it says on the time machine, which she's trying to go back to, it says 10-27-87. That is the day of the first murder in Vernon. And if we could, if this thing could ever work, we could go back and we could even stop the Sweet 16 killer in the first place. We see Jamie walking home after that. We see someone watching her in the distance. And we get home. She's talking to her dad. And she's like, Dad, like, Mom is texting Chris. Like, what's going on with that? The podcast guy. Like, do, do they know each other? Were they having an affair? And he basically tells her, well, she was texting him because he's still investigating. And she really wants to help solve this crime. And he says, you better stop listening to Chris. I don't want you seeing Chris. Fast forward next day. Boom. She's meeting Chris. She's out of di- She's out of diet. Zero fucks given. Zero fucks given. Right away. Boom. And Chris says hands her a note and it says you're next one day and he says your mom was handed this note at our locker so she was always prepared and she's like what how come like no one knew this and everything he's like well she gave it to me for evidence so then we get uh jamie leaving that she walks into the science fair at night she actually gets a jump scare that actually got me for a quick second it was like a fake witch jumps out and she pepper sprays the hell out of this thing <laughs> and then that witch Right, and then I'm literally all of a sudden you got Amelia pops up, another jump scare. She's like, "Did you just like pepper spray that witch?" And she's like, "Yep." Before you even done with that jump scare, <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. And then all of a sudden, before that's even done, dude, she gets attacked out of nowhere right away by this dude. Where she runs into Billy's boardwalk, everything's all lit up. It looks pretty cool. All this, this flashing lights and everything's going on. Where she ends up hiding in the time machine. But guess what? The Sweet Sixteen killer finds her in the tub, hot tub. Hot, oh my god, finds hot, her in the time machine. Time machine yeah. I was literally thinking hot tub time machine. I'm like, wait, there's no hot tub here. <laughs> finds her, finds her in the time machine, and he is stabbing at her. He ends up stabbing the control panel where it short circuits this thing. There's explosions going on, fireworks shooting out. This thing starts spinning, and holy shit, I think it's working. All of a sudden, she kind of like this thing's spinning around. It comes to let's fucking go. We got Billy's boardwalk, same exact place where she was, but it is daylight, and this thing is packed. We got 80s music playing on in the background. We got 80s fashion everywhere. She's just walking uh, around so confused. Dude, I awesome. gotta say, that camera, when it was started filming when she first got out of there, it fucked yeah. with me, dude. <laughs> yeah. The way the camera was turning. Oh, yeah. That's really badass scene. And you see her so confused. She's running through this place. She asks a woman, like, what year is it? Uh, she says 1987. And she ends up getting a ride to school with this person. Complete walks- stranger, cow full of kids. <laughs> yeah, complete <laughs> stranger. Just ask her. Yes, and she just gives her a ride there. Then she walks right into the school, and she's like, "This is never gonna work." You can tell she's like, clearly, there's gonna be like tons of security. This isn't gonna work. She goes right in there, and she's like, "Oh, hey, I'm new here. I'm an exchange student from uh, Prince Edward Island, Canada." Sounds and- made up. Yeah, and sounds made up. And then all of a sudden, the woman just hands her her itinerary like right away. She's like, "Here you go." And she's like, wait, what? Uh, that's that easy? She goes, yeah, you got like gym. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's literally walking into gym right away. And you actually see the first three victims. Like, she's right back there. And they're playing dodgeball. And awesome scene because these kids are just getting blown up by these balls. There's just balls. Oh, hold on. Edit that. Edit that out. I actually just caught myself before I even realized what I was going to say. That's that's right. that's making the pod. No, gosh. So cut that out there. I was going to say there's balls flying everywhere. But I'm not, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, twice. Oh, son of a bitch. All right, edit all this all out. All right, ready? So we get an awesome dodgeball scene. And she even ends up seeing her mom there. And her mom actually blasts her in the face with the balls. And she's like, oh, God, that's... Hold on. I'm not doing good with this. Her mom her mom dodgeballs her to the face. 
And she's like, you're out, bitch. And... <laughs> I'm, oh, that was a... Okay. All right, hold on. Okay. I can't just, just let it happen, dude. <laughs> Regroup. I'm going to take a step. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. All right, all right. Her mom is absolutely terrible to her. She's talking about like going to a party and everything, and her mom basically tells her to fuck off and die. So this is going real well. And she talks to how there's a party that night. She goes, she sees two cops outside the school, and she says, oh, you know what? I want to report a crime that hasn't happened yet. And she's like, oh, have you watched Back to the Future? And one of the cops is like, no, like, I hate time travel movies. They never make sense. So uh, that does not go good about reporting the murder that has not happened yet. So next in school, she goes to find Amelia's mom, uh, Lauren. She basically asks her in the hallway, hey, have you seen Back to the Future? She's like, yeah, of course. And she explains everything to Lauren. Lauren is down right away. She brings her right to the time machine. I love it. She's like, you know what? You're taking this all pretty well. And her mom's like, well, yeah, you know, I mean, you got to kind of expect this thing to happen when you're building a time machine. Like, this is just like a normal Wednesday morning activity. Yeah, someone, the, for the future. someone for the future is going to come back and ask for your help eventually. Yeah, she like completely under like she was so cool with this and realized, like, yeah, of course, this has happened. Like, I was like completely uh, planning for this. Fast forward to the present and we see the cops are with Jamie's dad. We got Chris from the podcast there. Uh, we get Amelia. Amelia runs in, says, I know what happened. She is in 1987. My time machine worked. Okay. Uh, flashback to 1987. And we see Lauren and Jamie. And they are walking into the party. And Waterboy, what is up? Take over. But first, let's discuss these opening up? scenes. So my thoughts. Um, acting, I'm not a huge fan of. I, I mean... It's okay, but it's, I mean, I guess I can expect it for like an Amazon movie. It's not like a huge, huge thing. Um, the beginning of the movie, I mean, getting a kill in within like six minutes, there is, you know, the comedy aspects in there. Um, I I do, the movie is all right so far. I will say that. Um, although this isn't my, uh, you already guys know that these types of movies aren't my, you know, I don't. Yeah, there's no creature. Res- there's no like. It doesn't resonate with yeah. me. You know, like you and, you and, um, crazy shit. Justin and space movies, and then you and you know, um, found footage. You know, it's yeah. all we, oh, we all have our yeah, everyone's own, <laughs> you know, they got their own niche, indeed. Mine's indeed. a little weird. Mm, yes, you got a kink. What I've got for these opening set of scenes is uh, how obsessed this town is with killings that happened 30 plus years ago is almost as wild as Haddonfield selling Michael Myers' mask in Halloween 4. The mom and daughter scene where they realize what she doesn't realize, like what her mom's dressed as. And they have some banter back and forth. And then the dad pretending to be Zac Efron is just I think it's a great way for a, a building of a teenage daughter and the parents. Uh, like I said, Jamie's character is very unlikable at the beginning, in my opinion. And the lead up to the Sweet 16 killer finally showing up and having this just epic battle with the mom is came at you at 100 miles an hour and I, I fucking loved it there was no hesitation between the two and i thought it was just it was great uh it sucks that you know he overpowered her and she did lose but i absolutely loved the fact that she goes you don't want to do this i called the cops they're gonna be here any minute and then he walks out the front door and immediately comes in the back door thing that really started to rope me in with these characters is when amelia shows jamie the time machine and Jamie picks up that this is the anniversary of the Sweet 16 killings. And they both say at the same time, like, if we could go back and stop the shit from ever happening, your mom would still be alive and everything would be different. 
And then I do have written down, I was like, Jamie acts just like Justin because you would pepper spray a witch and then almost your best friend before being chased into a decrepit, decrepit amusement park because you're walking alone after your mom was just killed by an infamous killer. You'd also yeah, be that's voted. A lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, lot. you'd also be voted <laughs> most likely to accidentally go back in time. Yeah, oh, 100%. That would, 100% that would happen. 100%. Oh, where's Justin? He's in 1987. Yeah. Of course. You, like, you guys would just be like, oh. Yeah, we're just yeah, yeah. Oh, makes sense. Uh, and then, dude, sense. like the, the itinerary when she's like the the i just massive like cover story she tries to come up with to get into the school, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't care. Here you go." Yeah, That's and then there's much so really much fucking work. smoking. Like the mom is more mad at Jamie for being at the amusement park when she should be in school. Meanwhile, the mom is chain smoking in some kind of tracksuit with her kids at the amusement park, who should also probably be in school, offers the stranger a ride and with chain smokes with the windows up. Hot boxing the car with cigarettes, dude. She she hot boxed the fucking car. And then and then when she tries to tell the like the cops about like there's a killer on the loose, he's going to kill someone, they're too busy chain smoking cigarettes there's so much fucking smoking in the beginning of this movie oh my god but what i do like and i don't know if you guys like this the transition between the characters in 1987 when you meet them the quick like split to the the present version of them like the mom to pam you know what i'm talking about yeah the little quick little the quick little nodes of like showing them i don't know i didn't like that i loved it it was like my right. favorite thing ever. Just wanted to say that. I really did. I loved it so much. No, I have that written down. I said, yeah, yeah. I love that part for real. And then all, all three. I mean, I watched this movie three times, like leading up to this, because I, I do thoroughly enjoy it. But I don't know how neither one of you said this. But during that dodgeball scene, all I kept thinking about was if you can, you dodge, can dodge a wrench, a wrench you can, you can dodge, dodge a ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Let's party with Jamie and Lauren. Uh, Doug, hoping he can get in, uh, showing off the first microchip replica, but to no avail, Randy turns him down. Jamie and Lauren walking up, and Jamie gets turned down as well for being an unwanted human. Doug, hilariously trying to scale a fence to get to the back, ends up boosting Jamie in his stead, and we get right in the middle of the spitting image of an 80s party. And Jamie stopping in her tracks as a boy getting out of the pool in a slow-mo shot asks who that is. Turns out it's her dad, Blake, who's actually dating Tiffany. Was in line. <laughs> he was built like Zac Efron. <laughs> Jamie cringely showing off her amazing dance moves up to the ring walls. You know what would make this party cooler? The police. Oh, I love Sting. Tiff calls Randy over <laughs> And he literally picks her up over his shoulder and throws her out the door. And to further assert his dominance, burps at her. Dude, when when he, she gets thrown out the door, and uh, what's his name, Randy? Yeah, is that he goes? I thought you guys forgot about me, but I'm glad to know that you were just getting bullied too. So good. I love when she gets mm. tossed out that too. She's like, "Is that?" She's like, "Is that guy even like a real person?" Like, how is he even a real person? Like, who does that? Not taking that shit. She goes back in, but not before telling some oddly specific info on how Kara will be when she's older. Heading back in, Tiffany crying with Blake leaving because she was kissing Eddie, confronts the girls saying that they need to protect her, and Randy comes back over 
but Jamie ain't about that shit this time, and she puts him down. Transition over to a waterbed with Eddie and Tiff are about to get it on when she gets up and needs to pee from too many BJs. How about one more? Ew, gross. You pee out of that thing? Oh, my gosh. So my- gross. <laughs> Eddie, re- Eddie realizing that he isn't getting a BJ, he bounces, leaving her all alone with Johnny Bravo making his appearance out of the closet. Jamie, realizing where she had died, checks the garage and learns that she changed it by giving Tiff info about Eddie's future as a rock star. She's stabbed to death in the waterbed as Lady in Red plays in the background. Lady in Red. Officer Dennis comes to question and approaches Jamie with her, stating that she warned them and that it didn't happen until she showed up. Pam stuck up for her, letting them know that she was only trying to protect her. Following Pam walking home, Jamie lets Pam know that she is a psychic and that her and her other friends are going to be killed and shows her that she has a psychic stone to prove she's legit. Back at her place, Pam is a sci-fi fan with, I mean, I noticed reanimator and scanner tapes up there. Um, was that, ter- and that was the like Terminator on the screen that they were watching too, right? Robo- Robocop. Was yeah, they were watching Robocop. There was a Terminator oh. tape, though. Yeah, there's a Terminator tape, but they yeah. were watching Robocop. Movie That's, right, movie. That's one of my fun facts, but you guys oh. can have it now. Question, <laughs> questions, Pam, if anybody would want to kill them and starts to name off an entire list of people. Also stating that she will eventually uh, be with Blake. Back to present, Amelia's finishing up another time machine when Chris comes in to say things are changing with how the murders happened and describing the Mandela effect. With Eddie's band changing, along with pictures of the murder that night, even showing Jamie in the pictures. She actually left a note for Amelia to see at the crime machine, showing that she needs another metal conductor for the time machine to work. Back to the past, we hear about Fat Trish, who died by a drunk driving accident and wrapped it around a tree. And Randy stating that he drives better when he's drunk. In class, Jamie tries to plan a girl's trip in the city, non-rural, non-cabin area. Marissa makes the idea to go to her parents' condo. Waking up from a nap on the ride, we see that her parents' condo is actually a cabin in the fucking woods. Marissa screams because there's no vodka, but no fear. The rest of the gang pulls up with Randy, Blake, and Kara with brownies. Murder cabin! We have to stay inside. Now let's get naked and go to the hot tub. Not to the 80s weed with 80% stems and seeds. Trying to get everybody inside. The only thing that works is pizza. And Randy locks Jamie outside. No pizza. No problem. <clears throat> Pam and Blake start trying to make some. And Pam, lost in Blake's eyes, cuts right into her fucking hand. Move on to Blake and Pam trying to go to Pound Town. But oh, holding her hand up, the blood rushes to her head. And she remembers, hey, we have to look out for a murderer. Randy goes to check on Heather as she is passed out. He leaves, and climbing up, Jamie sees the killer come out of the closet. Let the music play. You won't get away. She wakes up and tries to run, getting her ass thrown down the stairs and stabbed while Blake tries to get him off of her, but she's already gone. Fight ensues with Pam going off, and Jamie slamming a log right into his face, blood coming out of his nose. The killer leaves, leaving two now dead. And now we move on. Sean, who is going to finish this up for us, find the murderer, and bring us home. I'm going to bring you both home real fucking fast. Uh, 
I really do love these clips that show like the present versus the future. And I think it's just great, dude. Doug, the principal is super, super nerdy. And Jamie seeing her dad climbing out of the pool, looking like a horned up lost boy is mildly unsettling. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like when Jamie's at the party with the girls and she goes to approach him and like you said, water boy, Hey, you know, what would make this party much cooler. The police let's call them. And then like the whole tiff thing, ew, I don't do blowjobs. You pee out of that thing. And then I don't know if you guys heard the kid in the garage when she opened the door and was like, Tiff's supposed to be in there. As he's trying to zip up his pants, he goes, there's a schedule. Oh, like, like they're, they're reserving the garage for makeout sessions. Right. And then the sweet 16 killer showing up and then literally murdering Tiffany on the waterbed, spraying blood everywhere to lady in red is top notch. Very well placed. And then apparently back in 1987, the only way to get out from being questioned by the sheriff after a brutal murder is to, to just be friends with their daughter. And then when he tells no one to move, the entire party takes off. They were all perfectly still until he went, nobody move. Ah, yeah. Just, no, I have some thoughts. It's, but it's, a, it's a rule. I literally yeah, wrote oh, hilarious when the cop said, uh, everyone stay like right there, nobody move. And everyone ran. I wrote that. I'm like, that was actually yeah. awesome. And the kill was really one of my favorite parts of the scenes. Like the kill in the waterbed was really, really awesome. And I just love ridiculous 80s like uh, party scenes and everything, especially like you said, when they end up going to, of course, in the freaking cabin in like the woods. She's like, are you kidding? Like just really fun scenes. Justin, did you notice uh, when they're talking, Jamie drops a line when they're watching. Uh, what did what did we say? It was fucking Ro- Robocop. Robocop. <laughs> They're like, is it, is it like this in the future? And Jamie yep. goes, the machines don't kill us all. Uh, they more just rip apart the fabric of society via dances, dance videos on TikTok. Dude, great line. Just making fun of it. Just how some how stupid some people are and stuff. And I do love like how like they just show how the 80s were like just so much more laid back and so much crazy oh, yeah. stuff just went by. It just you guys notice like uh, how do you guys feel about like the Mandela effect, like the ripple effect that that takes place back then? when the killing happens on the waterbed and it changes Eddie's band name. It's like an emo band now. Yeah, it, uh, it changes Eddie Royal's band's name from Killer Instinct to A Waterbed Away. And he, it goes from being like this hard rock singer yep. to a super emo. It's just... Lost in love, I love it. <laughs> and then long. like, dude, when, when they're getting ready to go to the cottage and they have this whole game plan and she's like, all right, girls trip, let's go. And Jamie goes... But not before we plant a tree and sign a petition in Tiffany's name. Oh, yeah. I'll, like, how 2023 is that? Everything needs a petition. Everything needs some kind of, yeah. Oh, so many things like that. Where you just be like, what? You can't do this? Like, what? Un- like, unwanted touch. Like, so much funny different things she'd said. And then, and then when the group tells them, like, oh, we think it's Damon. It's Fat Trish's brother. Yeah. You can't call her that. You can't call her that. <laughs> just, like, just the way she. And be, you can't call her that. They're like, what? Bring, she's fat, and her name is Trish. In, she's fat, right Trish. Bringing a uh, PC to the eighties. Like I, I drive better when I'm drunk. The guy says, <laughs> like, oh. I, I, I think the the amount of political correctness that comes out of Jamie throughout this movie is just so consistent and so perfect so far. Do you guys remember that comment she made? Girls' weekend away or whatever, and she's like, "Ew, did you just want to les out?" And she goes, "Gross." Well, you, you, your comment was gross. Not gay people. Gay people yeah. are amazing. Your comment had homophobic undertones. 
Oh yeah. Like it's just everything uh, leading up to this was great. The hide the pizza, the naked in the fucking. I just uh, feel, I I don't this I don't know. I'll I'll save my thoughts to the end. There's some stuff I don't want to say everything now, but I have a ton of thoughts about this movie. But I don't know how to say it right now, so I guess just take us home. All right. So the sheriff comes out and Jamie gives him the killer's DNA. But this is 1987 and he has no idea what it is. And he just mocks her and throws it on the floor. The group tries to figure out and they accuse Kara because she's the only one who's not being accounted for during these killings. And just like before, her father, the sheriff, dismisses it because it's his daughter. And why not? She can't be the killer. Jamie suggests that it could be two killers, just like in Scream. But no one knows what it is because, again, it's 1987. And Jamie's phone roughly has seven and a half hours before she's stuck again in 1987. There's a lot of stress on 1987 for this set of scenes. So her and Lauren come up with a plan. And Jamie is once again left to break up her parents because they're too horny too soon. Jamie walks the halls with the toilet paper plunger as a pass. Do you guys remember like when they used to give us like big blocks of wood? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Random shit. I forgot about that. I'm having nostalgia but, flashbacks. Yeah. But instead of going to the bathroom, like she said, she decides to go outside and she sneaks into Damon's van to investigate. He catches her and Jamie kicks him in the face and he panics and tells her to take whatever she wants. Just please leave his Thundercats. Doug also shows up and as well. They start talking video games with Damon and he tells them, don't worry, guys, you're safe. I've taken karate for eight years at the dojo in the mall. Damon has a touching moment when he says Tiffany would have just given blowjobs. If she had just given blowjobs, she'd still be alive. Jamie suggests that this isn't the lesson to be learned. Blowjobs is not the lesson that has needs to be taught right now. Now we get Jamie going back to the amusement park as she's sitting with Lauren and they need to set up the time machine in the quantum drop because they need something with enough force to disrupt gravity. Jamie once again has an unneeded elaborate explanation to shut down the quantum drop. Instead, the rider just says, cool, and walks away with no questions asked. Jamie and the gang talk about the killings and how her vision was wrong about who died at the cabin and then she tells them all bets are off now they make marissa the bait as they try to set up a trap but they give her a rape alarm to alert them when anything bad happens and we get a blowjobs idea again guys there's way too much talk about blowjobs in this movie but we also get a pretty cool time lapse to the song the killing moon by the echo and the bunny men guys i can't stress enough how perfect this soundtrack goes with this movie Kara bumps into the girls dressed as the Grim Reaper and feels left out. No one wants anything to do with her, so they kind of go their separate ways. But we see the killer now aggressively following Marissa as future Chris has a memory flash into his head about it. He tells Amelia about it, and they need to get Jamie out. A-S-A-fucking-P. Back to 1987, as Marissa enters the Dollhouse of Horrors, she walks through saying Randy's name and looking for him. We see the group members staged around the dollhouse ready to jump out and attack. The killer enters the rooms and he walks right by Randy, who's staged as one of the dolls sitting in the chairs. The killer is jump scared because, you know, that's what happens when you're hyper-focused and behind a mask. Easy jump scares to the killer instead of the other way around. This also causes Jamie to drop a wrench. 
The plan is now going off the rails as the killer takes on the whole group at once. Jamie stabs him in the back, but it doesn't phase him. The killer pulls out the knife, and right before he can kill Jamie, guess who comes to save them? Kara. She uses her scythe, and she kills him. Yes, it's real. And her dad did give it to her because there's a killer on the loose, guys. Come on, get real. Her dad's the sheriff. She can do whatever she wants. And we notice it was Doug the whole time. They realize he was killing them all one by one because they got Fat Trish drunk. And she died driving drunk home. And we find out that Trish and Doug were also dating. Jamie's blown away that her mom would do something like that. And they start to argue. Her mom tells her that she wasn't even there. Jamie gives Pam the note during their argument, and bam! Just like that, killer's back for round two. This time, it's the killer from the future because he's still got the fucked up mask from when he had the fight with Jamie. Carol pulls out a gun, screaming, Daddy gave me this too, as she shoots, and she chases after the killer like a fucking psychopath. They're trying to figure out how we got to the past, and we see Amelia knocked out with blood on the ground. She's found by her mom as we cut back to 1987 again. Guys, there's a lot of cutbacks to and from right here, so bear with me. Kara's now out of bullets and is now being chased by the killer instead of doing the chasing. The kids sprint <laughs> right by Norman, who's Subisage. giving a live Subisage. That's his name. I, I couldn't say it to save my life. But they sprint right by him as he's giving a live report at the amusement park. The killer walks right by him and stabs him directly in the head. You hear someone in the background scream, Don't stop! Keep rolling! It's live! As the killer drops Norman and makes his way after the girls, who are now inside the quantum drop. Lauren explains everything about the time machine to Jamie and how she's got to stay in the center or she could die. Lauren escapes just as they turn it on, leaving Jamie and the killer to battle it out. Pam shows up just in time for a final fight as well. The ride is ramping up to full speed as the girls begin to battle him. Pam is pinned to the wall, but the killer has just enough strength to kind of stand up and then slowly walk towards them. Jamie is slowly fighting her way over to Pam as well, but she's not doing it fast enough. The killer then guts Pam, but Jamie opens the door just in time and Pam goes flying out of the ride. And the killer loses his mask in the process as well. We see it's not the same killer. It's instead Chris from the future. Jamie says, you killed my mom. And Chris responds with, twice it seems. Jamie crawls into the center, and Chris says, killing his dad was just a bonus because he's still alive in his timeline. But this Chris won't have to deal with having a piece of shit dad who cares more about his legacy than his own son. Jamie wants to know why, and he tells her to gain interest. It's hard to maintain interest on three kills that happened 35 years ago, but now the killer's back, and he's the boogeyman. And he can he can be anyone, anywhere, at any time. He's Michael fucking Myers. Chris makes his way to the center and fights with Jamie. Jamie shoots him about a dozen times in the chest with a nail gun and then kicks him into the ride. Chris turns into pink mist and we get a montage that leads Jamie leads to Jamie making it home. She runs home to see if her mom's still alive. She is. Lauren sits down with Jamie and she gives her a notebook and she says, it's a lot, and it's been 35 years that she's been waiting to see who actually won that fight. And this time, she gets, uh, she sees like an older man coming, and she's incredibly attracted to him. And she's now grossed out to find that 
just like just, just like you know when she saw her younger dad that's her older brother and he's gay and his name's jamie and jamie goes wait we're both named jamie and she goes nope your name's colette <laughs> jamie shakes her head and she says fucking time travel and then we get a notebook with changes that timelines into like the end credits and i thought this was a great way to end the I movie like that. I did I did like that. But <clears throat> yeah, totally freaking killer, dude. I do gotta say, dude, those lights from that time machine. So nice. You love the lights. Best lights you've oh ever my God. seen. Best lights, dude. All in all, my rating for this movie. Again, these types of movies don't really resonate with me too much. Um it did have some comedy parts. Uh, the acting was okay. Um, I'm going to give this a 6.5 out of 10. What? But that's strictly strictly because these movies don't really resonate with me too much. I know a lot of people like the... It's, and it's rated pretty high. It's Yeah. rated like an 8.7. Um, but just just because of the fact that like I, 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 I like true horror and This this one just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I don't know. And I get I, you. I I I I will say like I don't like these types of movies, but even like the first scream, for example, that that is good with me. I just just mainly because of the fact it puts that horror aspect into it. I know this was more for like the horror comedy type of deal, but it just doesn't hit me like those types of movies would for me. It's funny. We have really interest like similar ah different thoughts but almost similar because all right so first these kind of movies i freaking love i love them so much like oh my god first of all 80 slashes give it to me new slashes give it to me these meta movies love it so much horror comedies favorite thing in the freaking world but this movie frustrated the shit out of me because I do love these kind of movies. Like this shit actually does resonate with me, but I've seen this movie before and it is a hundred times better. Like, have you like Sean, have you seen happy death day? Like dude, the vibes in this movie. No, I swear to no, this, like this movie felt like the two happy death days, which I thought were far superior movies. And the main girl there tree. I love tree so much. Agreed. She's so awesome. Well, she's incredible. That's the thing. This movie felt so much like that movie. So I've, I've seen this movie and I've seen the good version of it. And second of all, Like, so this movie is fun. I, I sound like I'm hating it right now, but I, I'm almost more frustrated. Unlike Waterboy, how it doesn't resonate. I'm almost more frustrated because I love it. But at the same time, it's like, why? I've seen the better movie. And second of all, like when she goes back in time and she sees her mom, I've seen that played out in Final Girls. And Final Girls crushed it. Like that scene reminded me exactly of Final Girls when, when she got sucked back into the 80s and she sees her mom. But how Final Girls pulled off that like mother daughter. I know they have a different relationship. They liked each other more in that movie, but it felt so much more real. Like I was sucked so much more into that. Like it just they. So once again, it's like I seen that part of the movie before, and Final Girls knocked that out of the park. And with Happy Death Day and Tree, I just thought they did. It's like this movie felt so much like that to me. I was like, holy crap! Like, I mean, is this really a original? Like, holy crap, guys! And but second of all. I don't want to sound like I loved seeing the characters from the 80s and 90s. I mean, 80s until 2023 now. I loved how it went back and forth. Awesome. Jamie's dad, love that character actor. That dude is hilarious. L love that. I think it's a fun movie. 
I think what Waterboy said about like I get this is more of a comedy horror and the, some of the kills I think the kills are actually really good I think they could have built up some suspense in it a little more like some of the kills like even when like one of the guys pops out I sometimes I feel like it was almost done too fast a little I don't know they needed I feel like a little bit more suspense could have been brought into it um I already talked about I'm just gonna go my fun facts I already did the Robocop thing but uh Halloween reference right here they actually named Jamie after Jamie Lee Curtis that was an actual fact obviously this is a Blum who's Blum Blumhouse movie Jason Bloom is actually you know the producer of that and then never mind easy like Chris literally says I'm Michael F.N. Myers so he literally says his name in there so all in all I rate this movie a 7 out of 10 because like I said I do love these movies and it's fun and even this like all right, I just gotta keep talking for a minute there's even like so many 80s slashes right if you see an 80s slash you're like oh that's so good but then obviously so many of those movies copied each other and I still like a lot of those copies like there's a lot of those slashes that are like oh, is this the most original movie no it isn't but am I gonna still watch it and have fun with it yeah so this movie is a fun movie it nails some of the comedy it's just like I said it's just like I've seen the better version of it before. I like to treat like I so yeah, it's a seven out of ten. Watch it. It's fun, but it's kind of like ripped off the vibe like, unbelievably, and it could have been a lot better. Uh that was a lot to take in. I get it. Definitely. Sorry, that, that was a lot. That was a lot. You've been I holding do it back. I want to say something else too. That little that grinding my gears a little bit. So when at the end of the movie, when she does come to um Blake and Pam, her parents don't recognize her or they don't you know you know what i mean like uh so she they saw her like in the in the past but didn't recognize her then like even though it was the same person in the pictures you know what i mean no so i so oh hold on i actually have no clue what you're talking about the other thing that was when the cops said like time travel movies make no sense they don't i had no one like i don't like i felt like maybe something could have been run there but time travel movies make no sense to me um uh, besides you know like hot tub time machine was pretty realistic but anyway just so saying, it's like I, why did why did they forget that they saw her and she was the girl helping them in the past but the mom of wait Amelia, the, uh, but the mom understood how the, the hell did Amelia's remembered mom everything wait what the shit so why didn't they remember her? Because even even in the picture with Chris when he showed Amelia in the future, where it showed her <clears throat> Jamie in the picture with her mom. Yeah, I don't but know. She, that's weird. But they don't. But they don't remember in the future. I don't know. Like I said, that hurts my time travel movies hurt my head. Even when the first time I saw Donnie Darko, I had to like learn about it for a month. But then like I, I, said, I, I, I mean, I've watched Donnie Darko twelve times and I still don't understand it. I, I watched it. I watched it. I watched it nine and a half times. I had so many different theories, so my head no, hurts. Nine and a half. Watching. Yeah. Second time, the, the, seriously, the tenth time, it was like I, I only lasted a half because I'm like, holy crap, what is happening? All right, sorry, that was a lot. Sean, uh, tell us why you think this movie should be rated more than a seven, and I'm shocked All that right. you're going to rate it higher than a seven, especially if you actually have seen Happy Death Day and the final. I have. Girls. I've seen both of them and the final girls. I honestly enjoy this okay. movie. Start to finish. It's uh, it's an '80s slasher with all the modern day flair and all that '80s cheese. I'm more pleased with Doug's reveal as the killer because he doesn't have an exposition dump or anything like that. Um. I, however, I was not a fan of Chris becoming the killer and then giving reasons why. You guys both know how much I fucking hate exposition dumps after a killer is exposed. I'd rather him just be killed and left at that. And then the survivors giving you the exposition dump on why they thought he did it. I think that's a much better route to take. I also think the whole time travel, multiple timelines, you know, possible for this movie leaves a lot of windows open for new killers 
because they don't always have to be the same killer. It can just be a new killer in a new timeline. Just like in the new one, uh, when she goes back to the future, Chris is now a monk instead of an obsessed podcaster. Uh, I've watched this a few times, and every time I find myself enjoying it, I did rate it higher than a 7, Justin. I got it as a 7.9. Look, like I said, this movie is fun. It's a 100% fun movie. Like, I am glad I watched it. It I almost was more disappointed. It's all like, so Waterboy, just, like, he, it's not a kind of movie for him, so he probably yeah. doesn't even care that he didn't like it. It'd be like me when I watched some weird sci-fi shit. Like, I did my best to try Lights to like it. sounds. Yeah, but the fact that I didn't like it, it didn't even bother me, because, like, it's just not my cup of tea. This one, I just wanted more. That's why I was almost yeah. so passionately said those bad things, but this movie is a fun movie. I just, like I said, I, I wanted to like it more, and that's just... Oh, I feel like there could have been a lot more done with this movie. Yeah. But I, I did enjoy it, and I think that's why I'm probably the highest on it. It's because I was excited for you guys to watch it. But, but hey, did you uh, not? I, I'm not feel... saying it's a horrible movie. I just it just doesn't yeah. resonate question, with though. me, and like, I, everybody should watch it. Honestly, did this not feel like Happy Death Day? Like just like the feel oh, of oh, it, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what oh, yeah. the? Like, I was like, I think the only thing it. I liked better about this than Happy Death Day is it wasn't a time loop and it wasn't like the Groundhog's Day effect. It was just yeah back in the '80s. And right. myself, just like you, Justin, I mean, yeah. I enjoy remakes a lot more than you do. Yeah. But I do love 80s cheese. I love how fucking outlandish oh, yeah. everything is and how bad the acting is back then. And it just Same. makes it so fun. It's my favorite thing ever. That's why I still love the party scenes. And like I said, I mean, a seven out of 10, still not bad. I mean, I still like this is a fun movie. Like if someone was watching, if I walked into someone's house and they were watching this, I'd sit I down and be like, all right, pass me, pass me the popcorn. Let's go. I also think the mask is pretty badass. I, I like cool it. Cool mask. Cool uh, Waterboy, I don't know if you know this, but it's in my fun facts. That mask was a combination of 80s heartthrobs such as Rob Lowe, Johnny Bravo, Kiefer Sutherland, and Dolph Lundgren. Dude, that <laughs> I did not know any of that. I just saw Johnny Bravo when I saw that mask. <laughs> uh, I've also got Teen Pam and her snobby friends dress up as various characters that the actress Molly Ringwald portrayed, and they call themselves the Mollies. This is a nod to the film Heathers in 1988. At the beginning, when the podcast tour gets samples from the Zetterberg employee, uh, Chris Dubasage said, wow, well, yeah, now I can say that fucking name. I was saying, way to nail it all, son. Yeah. Uh, says, let's give it up for Angie, who wishes there was more people killed. Angie said there should have been at least six people killed for it to be a serial killer. After the timeline is changed, there are exactly six people dead. Mm -hmm. And that's all I've got. Oh, yeah. And I got I got one I'll throw in there. Um, so when they're talking about the DNA in that scene, um, the first time that DNA was actually ever used to solve a crime was in 1987 in England. Oh, so that, shit. Yep. Badass. Crazy. That's pretty badass. Cool. Yeah, you just, just put it in the DNA World Wide Web Internet database. Something. <coughs> All right, Axe. Oh, look, we're slash. solving crimes. Thank you for bearing with us through this episode as we struggle to get back on track. Um, just throwing it out there, guys. Next week, we're watching Cobweb. This is Justin's picks. Go. I hope you all can join us for the ride and fucking have a blast with us. Time to get scared. Time to get scary. Have you this movie yet? I don't even know anything. I saw the trailer. I know nothing about it, and I hope there's no spiders in it. I don't know why it's called Cobweb. I... I watched the trailer and it actually scared me, so I'm a little nervous. Yeah, Waterboy, have you seen it? 
I have not. I've seen a small little trailer, and I'm I'm thinking like maybe cobweb, or the fact of like maybe, like, your brain or something like that. Something in your mind has to do with, but. I haven't seen a trailer. I have no idea what this movie is. I'm going in blind. Yeah. I'm actually the only reference I got from this movie was from my cousin Andy Cosby. He's the one that did the outro music for us. And yeah. uh, he actually texted me while I was doing notes for this podcast last yeah. week and said, I have to watch it. So is let's get it, it boys. Oh, yeah. uh, see, I know nothing about it. So let's go. See, I, see you guys excited. next week. Like, share, subscribe. Put that Boom. D in it. Let's get it, boys. I'm Yay. Aggie. That's Stabby. This guy right here. Just Justin. Have a good one. We out. Peace. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason. No uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. This place is evil, sometimes. That is better. Two of my men pulled you out of the lake. We thought you were dead, too. Do you remember very much? Boy. Is he dead, too? Who? Very the boy, Jason. <laughs>